Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We're speaking post-election with Tony Passon, the re-elected member for Barker. First of all, Tony, congratulations on your win. Thanks, Ricky. Uh, we've seen the statement from yourself uh, over the weekend. It's all class, and thanks again for joining us uh, on election night as well. But uh, really the big question is, what happened to the Liberal Party's primary vote and the outcome of the election? Well, Ricky, those are things we're pouring over uh, right now. Obviously the result was disappointing, and I've spent much of the weekend... Um, Disappointed for some of my colleagues who were very effective members of Parliament who uh, are unlikely to be returning to the Parliament and obviously there's consequences for their staff. Uh, the Liberal Party will need to go through a period of reflection. Um, but the sense I'm getting is good candidates, good members of Parliament who worked really hard in their community, with their community, seem to have done a heck of a lot better than others. Uh, uh, evidence of that is Phil Thompson in Herbert, a swing to him, someone who I know burns for his community, Gavin Pearce in Braddon, and I'd like to think, having pushed against the national swing and limited the, the losses in a two-party preferred basis in Barker to a little over 3%, I think we could probably claim that as well. Uh, I think there's also an element, a Ricky, that a government seeking its fourth term is always going to have more lead in its saddlebag than otherwise, and that's perhaps the two elements that have come together there. Yeah, the t- few things to pick over there. First of all, I've seen uh, Barnaby Joyce speaking on uh, national television earlier this morning. It does appear that not just the nationals who've held every seat, but even regional liberals like some of those you mentioned, it does look like there's a city um, and country divide here. The coalition seems to have been on message in terms of holding on to regional seats, but it's in these uh, Sydney and Melbourne in particular, but even to a degree in Adelaide, where the Liberal Party has lost seats and really lost the election. Yeah, it seems to be inner city seats in a number of our capitals and suburban seats in South Australia and WA, Ricky. That seems to be my issue. Um, Look, you know, if I'm being blunt and it's really early, I worry that that, uh, effectively the seats we have lost are individuals who were were labour-like, if you like, uh, and those that we've retained were more traditional conservatives. Now, you don't have to name names here, but if I go through the likes of Trent Zimmerman, Dave Sharma, for instance, they've lost to these teal independents. Indeed, it's rampant success for these teal independents in those seats. You're saying that those MPs maybe didn't work their seats as effectively as the country ones did? Well, um, I mean, that's an assessment for others. I mean, you can do it mathematically. But the other problem for uh, particularly some of the moderate candidates is if you're a pale shade... Uh, of the Labor Party, why wouldn't someone vote for the Labor Party? I mean, the point is, politics needs to be the battle of big ideas. It can't be the battle of just being um, a, a little bit like a little bit like the other guy. Uh, and I worry that too often we're seeing, you know, members of Parliament who aren't able to shape the debate and are simply following sentiment. And I think that's happened a lot in those moderate seats.
Now, that's a point I'm seeing conservative commentators making uh, in the days since uh, Saturday's romp was that, well, not really a romp, we'll come back to that result in a minute, but certainly the Liberals lost. Uh, they're saying the party needs to move to the right uh, to attract voters back to it. Is that your assessment? Well, my assessment is increasingly the Liberal Party is the party of people who need to work for a living, whereas the Labor Party seems to be becoming the party of uh, for those who don't have to, either because they've got more money than they need and therefore don't have to work or, or, or decide not to work. I mean, that's the new divide. It's not workers versus employers, as it perhaps was once upon a time. It's, it's becoming, you know, um, it, 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 the party of... The, you know, I, and I think the Liberal Party is increasingly becoming the party of uh, aspirational voters who work hard and want to retain more of what they earn and want smaller government and less intrusive government. And I think the Labor Party is becoming a bit of a resting place for those, those particularly in inner-city seats, who, who, who are mega-wealthy. I mean, just have a look at some of the financial backers of the C200 group. I mean, these are uh, billionaires who have found their home in the Labor Party, Mike Cannon-Brooks and others, so Labor Party or left of the Labor Party. Now, um, the Albanese uh, government, as it would appear to be, um, they've won, you know, they haven't got a huge majority in terms of two-party preferred vote. Uh, you know, does that put the Liberal Party within striking distance potentially next election, or is it hard work getting all of those inner-city seats back in the Liberal fold? No, absolutely, it puts us within striking distance. I mean, the reality here is a lot of commentary around Liberal Party losing the election, and of course we've left government, but... The Labor Party has been elected to government on what is close to an all-time historic low primary vote. So um, there are issues for the Labor Party as well. Um, I go back to what I said at the start. I, I think both major political parties are, are being challenged by the concept that the electorate wants uber-local individuals. They want people from their community who have effectively been self-selected who are working in their community and with their community. And I think if this election uh, causes the federal parliament to be more receptive to local demands, needs and challenges, I think that'll be a good thing. You've, got a, you've raised a classic point there. I do want to ask you about Anthony Albanese flying out as Prime Minister in a moment, but uh, the classic example of that would have to be Christina Keneally that Labor tried to parachute into the seat of Fowler, a local in the form of Di Lee, who's uh, had Liberal Party connections before, put her hand up and looks like she's beaten Keneally. Exactly, and, and the point I want to make here, uh, Ricky, is it's all about the candidates um, party select. So um, uh, can the Liberal Party be um, competitive in 2025? Absolutely. Do we need to get our pre-selections right? Yes. And they need to be locals who are committed to their local community and for whom their local community has trust and confidence. And um, I all too often see Liberal Party pre-selections where it's, oh, that person from over there who, you know, is friends with Joe Blow. That, that, that's not the standard anymore. The standard is who in this community is putting their hand up and who has got the support of this community because that's what we need if we want to get elected. Now, lastly, um, I'm still scratching my head. You and I have been around politics a bit. How is it that Anthony Albanese can fly out to the Quad meeting uh, as Prime Minister representing Australia? How is he even being sworn in when the election result hasn't been finalised? Well, uh, I'm, I'm not sure... Uh, Ricky, but I'll, I'll tell you what I'm more concerned about, um, that he is making, um, you know, on day one, um, climate the number one focus for his trip, read the quad. 
I would have thought, given the geopolitical instability around the world right now, there are issues we need to be focused on a little bit more strongly. Uh, in particular, you know, I, towards the end of the last parliament, we were addressed by Vladimir Zelensky, who effectively, when you got down to, uh, you know, wading through the diplomacy, he, he thanked us for our coal and asked us for more guns, the Bushmasters. And when you think that we can only develop Bushmasters because we sell coal to the rest of the world and we have a strong economy because of it, um, it's a stark reminder that when there is geopolitical strife in the world, uh, you're not focused on solar panels or wind turbines or, you know, peace flags. You need the things that work. And I, I just hope Anthony Albanese realises uh, that we're in a uh, fairly stressed geopolitical environment and we need to be focusing on things that really matter right now. Tony Passon, thank you very much. I know you've got a busy morning and we'll be catching up with you again soon. Thanks for joining us on Flying. Thanks, Ricky. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.